0: Okay, Bus Bench Babes, it's Beth here doing a solo episode, and today we're going to talk about how to educate your buyers and what do your buyers need to know today to make a decision on, do I buy a home now or just do I sit on a fence and wait this out? So join me for this conversation. You might want to grab a pen and a pad of paper to take some notes or just check out our show notes at the end, but let's dive in. Beth here and I'm doing a solo episode today and we're going to talk about what do your buyers really need to know? It is our job to educate them and what do they need to know about what is happening in the market right now? If they're not going to learn it from us as the professionals and they're paying us to be the professionals, like what are we even doing here, right? So let's let's jump into this episode. I'm excited. This is a hot topic. It keeps coming up time and time again with um, my clients and clients that our team are working with. So I want to do a deep dive for all you realtor friends out there. This is the stuff that you should be digging into deep. This is you should be talking about on social media. This is what you should be talking about in your weekly emails that you send out. Hint, hint, if you're not sending them out already, you need to have some really good talking points. Clients are always gonna have objections about why they're buying or what they're doing. So you need to be able to handle that and make sure that you are digging in the trenches every day and finding out the latest and greatest of what's happening in our industry. Everything's always changing. everything's a moving target here in real estate and you have to be moving and ebbing and flowing with it so let's get into this so we're going to talk about a couple of different things so we're going to talk about like kind of what the problem is um the problem is is that a lot of buyers are saying um we're going to sit this out we're not going to buy a house right now because we're going to wait until home prices crash have you heard this? I'm hearing this regularly. And I know that I'm not the only one out there. So when someone says it to you, what is your response? Are you like, okay, yeah, I'll circle back with you next year. Like that really could be doing a disservice to your client. And we do not recommend that. Um, So here, here's some things that you can Talk to clients about just like an overview of like what's happened in the U.S. in the last year. You know, a lot of industries were really negatively affected by COVID. Uh, real estate was not one of them. Real estate has essentially never been better. Uh, it's bad to say that real estate COVID was good for real estate, but in all reality, it really was. Last year, interest rates did peak up just a little bit. They, but they're still. Primarily under 3%. So interest rates are freaking phenomenal. Some of the best, some of the lowest rates they've ever been in history. Um, And home prices increased. In the last 12 months, on a national um, average, home prices increased 15.4%. Can you believe that double digit increase in appreciation and value in people's homes? Here in Minnesota, the appreciation on a general level or like in the Twin Cities was about 10%, but on a nationwide average it was 15.4. Like that's really good mind-blowing information the cost of home ownership as it relates to like a national average wage is just slightly over 25% so if people are saying oh my gosh I can't even afford to buy a house right now that actually isn't the case. What lenders like to look at is they like to use the magic number of 28% so you take your all of your housing related expenses, In relation to what your wage is, and twenty, then the lenders say twenty-eight percent is that magic number that a person can afford for housing costs. And currently, the national average is right, hovering right around twenty-five percent. So the numbers are under that people can people can really afford homes these days. Monthly mortgage payments are a bit higher than they were last year, but even though they're not affordable, they're not unaffordable compared to what they were have been for the last. Last 30 years, so payments have obviously dramatically increased over a several decades span. Of course, because home prices have gone up, but if we adjust for inflation, today's mortgage payments are 10.7 uh, percent lower than they were in the 90s. In the 90s, the interest rates were insane. So with how low the interest rates are now compared to inflation, it's actually cheaper to afford a home now with your wage compared to what it would have been in 1990. Isn't that kind of crazy? It's it's that's kind of stuff blows my mind. Um so really, like what does this mean for you? I think a lot of people that were hearing like, "Okay, I really, you know, where can I buy a house for like $190,000?" You can't anymore. Like maybe some parts of the country, but here in Minnesota, that's just not really the norm. If you want to move in ready home, uh, they're not going to be in the $190,000 ballpark. But what you have to think about is that overall, you are making so much more money than you were when house prices were $190,000. But you've got options, right? An option that a lot of people are like, we're just going to continue to rent, So, like, there's some talking points that you need to share with your buyers about renting. Renting, yeah, I mean, you're not locked into owning a house. However, monthly payments for rents are skyrocketing, according to the National Rent Report. So, so far in 2021, rent prices have grown a staggering 9.2%. Can you believe that? This year, rents have gone up, on average, 9.2%. Like, that's insane. So to put this in context, so a normal year's growth um, from January to June is about 2 to 3%. So we are at 300% more this year than what the national averages have been in terms of rental increases. Um, and rents have been pushed like way beyond where, they, where anyone would have thought they would have been pre-pandemic. Um, and if rents continue to skyrocket like they have been, Can you afford to save money for a house? Are you still going to be able to save that money for your down payment? Or or is that going to be harder for you now if your rent continues to go up, if you choose to continue to rent? Something to really think about. And that's something that you really should be having conversations with about, about renting versus buying a home with your buyers. The other thing is waiting it out. And we hear this all the time. I know our team does, and I'm sure you're hearing the same thing. Um, some people are like, well, we're just going to wait it out. And we think that like next year, houses are going to be cheaper. Uh, I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, monthly, Your monthly mortgage payment is based on the price of the home and interest rates. So that's how that's calculated. So like one of these things would have to lower in order for you to have a more affordable home than what you currently would if you buy this year. So the Mortgage Brokers Association, they say rates by the end of next year will probably be in the low fours. So probably over a full point higher than what we're seeing right now. And then the um, Home Price Expectations Survey is a survey that's um, put together and it's 100 economists, investment guys, housing market analysts, and they're calling for home prices to increase by 5.2% in 2022. So what we're seeing is the home prices are still going up. But they're probably not going to be going up double digits like they have been. The, the number, the percentage of increase, is still there, but it's going to be more in the five percent instead of the fifteen percent. Um, the crazy thing is, is that if you bought a three hundred fifty thousand dollar house today, and interest rates go up to 4.2% by the end of next year, and inflation of over 5% is calculated in, next year you would be paying almost $18,000 more for a house. And your house payment, get this guys, your house payment would be $300 more per month. I don't know about you, but I would prefer not to pay $300 more per month for my house payment than what I pay now. Like, no, th- no thank you. If someone's going to ask me, would I rather buy now or buy a house next year and pay $300 more per month, what's 300 bucks? I mean, if you put $300 into a vacation fund, you could go on some really sweet vacations. $300 a month could be a car payment uh, that could go towards daycare expenses. 300 bucks per month could be like several nice dinners out every month. That is a lot. If you've got an insane Starbucks fund, <laughs> A Starbucks addiction, like um, like I do, that could cover your coffee addiction. Like 300 bucks is crazy. And overall, you'd be paying an additional $3,600 a year in interest on your mortgage. Like, holy crap. This is insane. So this is the problem. Um, buyers want to say they want to wait it out. And rental prices are going up interest rates and home values are going to continue to go up. So we really have to educate the buyers. It, it is it's our duty, right? Our responsibility, our fiduciary duty is to take care of our client and help them buy a house at the with the terms that they want at the best price h- possible. We have to do it. So if you've lived through the housing crash, which I did, 0708, and a lot of millennials have, like they saw their what their parents struggled with and went through. Um, one of the biggest populations or segments of people buying houses right now is millennials and the millennial age group. So yeah, if you saw your parents struggling and you saw firsthand really what that looked like to live through the mortgage crash of 0708, I get it. You're probably your clients are probably a little gun shy to pull the trigger. And that's something that you should really be sensitive to. Um, And like, call out the elephant in the room. Don't just tiptoe around it because chances are your clients are thinking it even if they're not saying it. You know, I'm having a lot of clients that are actually voicing it out loud. um, But for the ones that aren't voicing it out loud, I'm just saying, hey, if this is something that you are thinking about and this is something that um, is sort of in the back of your mind, like, let's, let's talk about it. Let's sort of look at some pros and cons. You know, what might be right for you might not be right for everyone. It's not always a one size fits all. But home affordability is is really crazy. A lot of people when you tell them a number, you know, people have it in their head and this is a conversation that someone on our team had recently. They had some friends that are thinking about moving back to Minneapolis and they said, "We really would like to buy like a cheap house, like a house under $200,000. But of course, they want a nice house. They want to live in a, a nice area. They want to live in a cool neighborhood and it's like <laughs> You're not, that. it's just the affordability isn't there with you. that or that type of house price is not available. But these people make good money. So when you think about where people are with their incomes nowadays, it's not uncommon for a young couple to be making $200,000 a year. That's not uncommon at all with two people with good jobs. Do you know how much house that you can afford? A lot of people have no idea about that. That's where an awesome lender comes in. One of our lenders that we love working with, actually all of our lenders, but one of one of my favorite lenders to work with, a lot of times he'll work the number number backwards, like the monthly payment. He'll ask the client, so what is that magic number that you're comfortable with every month? And people will say, Well, you know, we're renting a condo right now and we're paying, you know, twenty five hundred dollars a month for a condo. And then when they find out when you work that number backwards, what that translates to in a house price they're like, "What? I had no idea I could afford a house that was this price." And I think people are usually pretty shocked because they think that maybe your house price is going to be a lot more than than what you think or that you have to have a really like cheap house to keep your monthly payment really affordable. Well, all of that's affected with interest rates. Interest rates are really low right now. So you that number will probably really surprise clients. So that is something that we always encourage clients to do. Talk to a lender. Here's our trusted person that we love to work with. Give them a call. They're going to walk you through all of your different scenarios. Um, It's not uncommon to have a couple come back and say that they're approved for way more than they're comfortable spending. I have clients all the time. I have some clients recently, they're approved to like a million dollars. And they're like, holy crap, like that number just blew our mind. We don't want to buy a house that's a million dollars. I'm like, well, we can find. A really sweet house in the school district that you want in the five to $600,000 range. And that's where they ultimately settled. But I think that they were really flabbergasted to know that their buying power was way above, um, that monthly comfortable number that, you know, that number that they had really wrapped their brain around. Um, So yeah, that I always get a lender involved. And that's something that I strongly encourage you to do with all of your buyers if they haven't done so already is work the numbers backwards. Uh, A lot of millennials are living in really, really fantastic luxury condos. Like, you know, when I first moved out of my house, when I was in college, I think back and I'm like, what did I pay for rent? I rented a brand new house with uh, three other girls. So there's four girls in a four bedroom, two bath house that was brand new construction, and we each paid $300 a month. We had a two car garage, a yard, an upstairs, a downstairs, four bedroom, two bath, kitchen, living room, deck. Super, super freaking sweet house for $300 a month that we each paid. People nowadays, it blows my mind that they're spending 2000 2500 three grand a month on luxury condos. Like, what are you doing? You're paying the landlord's mortgage and you're getting nothing out of it. You're literally flushing that money down the tube every single month. It would make so much more sense for you to buy a home. And then my lenders can talk to you all about, you know, any of the lenders that I'm sure you work with can talk to your buyers all about like creative ways to come up with down payment money. But holy crap, you can buy a lot a house with a two to $3,000 $3, a month budget, let me tell you. There's a short window of opportunity. Like this is something that you really need to stress to your buyers. Like we don't know how long, you know, all of these analysts are saying interest rates are gonna eventually go up we, we don't know what that looks like. I mean, what if there are more rounds of COVID and crazy stuff that happens like never in my life would I have imagined that I would have lived through a global pandemic? Like never. I like my brain couldn't have even sort of thought about something like that, that I would have been quarantined to my house, uh, that my livelihood would be put at risk. Uh, I just, I just never could have thought of that. So, I mean, you literally, we we don't know, like day to day, month to month, like literally who knows, like the window of opportunity for interest rates staying this low, it has to expire at some point. We can't just continue to have interest rates that feel like we're just giving money away for free. One of the segments of home prices that's really ticking up in the Twin Cities in the Minneapolis area is sale home price sales around the $500,000 mark. It was really surprising. I had a handful of buyers in this price range um, the last few months, and it was crazy to see all these properties that, say, two years ago, $500,000 houses weren't going into multiple offers like they are now. And they're selling for way more, way over asking. Um, but what's happened is that these first time homebuyers that bought that house, you know, that was 200 to 300. They've been in it now for five to eight years. They've done some projects. They've made it super cute. And all of a sudden they've realized, holy cow, we're sitting on buckets and buckets of equity. Like it's not uncommon for, you know, people that bought that two or $300,000 house to meet with us and realize that they have like a hundred $200,000 in equity. And they're like, Oh my God, I can't believe how much this house has gone up in value. So all of a sudden looking at a house that's five or $600,000 is not that big of a deal. Factor in low interest rates and a humongous down payment that you got from your first house. And all of a sudden you have a house that's actually not that much more than your current house that you're already in. So I think a lot of buyers just don't get all of this. There's just so many other pieces into the puzzle other than just like, oh, house prices have gone up. Yes, they have, but that's not the only thing to talk about. Anytime you turn on the news, the headlines really are designed to terrify you, not necessarily clarify what's actually happening in the market. And that's something that we all have to keep in mind. Buyers... If they're not talking to a real estate professional on a regular basis, they don't know. What if somebody has never bought a home before and they've just been renters their whole lives? What if they came from a household where their parents were always renters? You literally are talking to people that don't know. And I'm always the first to admit, I met with a client last night and she said... I am in the medical business. She's like, if you came to me to talk about a heart attack, I would know exactly what to do and tell you, like, do X, Y, Z. We're going to get you back to health, ship shape. She goes, but when it comes to real estate, she's like, I'm looking at you to be the professional because I literally have no clue even where to start. So our clients are looking at us to be the professionals and to be really the ones that are doing the educating. And we need to actually do that. We're doing our clients a disservice if we're not letting them know like what what is actually happening in the market right now. And when you have that client that says, "Oh, we're just going to wait it out. We're just going to we're just going to continue to rent and see what happens and hopefully home prices will drop and then we're we're going to jump into it then." So here's what's actually happened the last few years. And like these are some really really awesome great news. I don't think a lot of buyers actually think about their home as a forced savings plan. And when I say forced savings plan, the awesome thing is, is that you get, you build equity in your home when you own a home two different ways, because every month you're paying down your mortgage. So your mortgage balance is going down, but at the same time, your home is appreciating. So you're building equity through um, the fact that your your mortgage is getting smaller every month when you're making your payment, but then your home is appreciating in value every year. So it's forcing you to have a savings plan. Um, the average American that had a mortgage on their home, so 62% of Americans that own homes have mortgages on them, which that's really interesting to me. That number, in my opinion, feels really low. So um, the remaining 38% Uh, own their homes free and clear. So almost 40% of people in the country own their homes free and clear. I mean, how cool is that to get to that point? But 62% of Americans have mortgages. And on average, homeowners with mortgages saw a gain in equity of $33,400 last year. Like, what? $33,000. So they paid down their mortgages, and also their homes appreciated. Um, Do you have an additional $33,000 in your checking or savings account that you were able to save last year? Question mark, question mark. Uh, Not many people can actually say that they saved $33,000. That would be, you would almost have to save almost $3,000 a month to make that happen out of your income that you make and bring home every month, are you do you have an additional like $3,000 laying around? Uh, I know there are months and I certainly don't. Uh, yeah. You know, a lot of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck, but the advantage of home ownership is that the average home owner with a mortgage in the United States saw a $33,000 increase in their wealth last year. Like to me, that number just blows my mind. If you tell buyers nothing else other than that, that should be something that would like get them on the hook of like, tell me more, tell me more about that. The chief economist for NAR, which is a National Association of Realtors, um, had some really great news, and I'm just literally going to read his quote. It said, supply is expected to improve supply of homes for sale. That's what that means. Supply is expected to improve, which will give buyers more options and help tamp down record high asking prices for existing homes. So this is super awesome news. The more homes that continue to come on the market, and we've seen an uptick in the last couple of months. It's not like double digit increase in homes hitting the market, uh, but every little bit helps. If you only have to compete against three to five offers on a multiple offer situation versus 20 offers, you stand a much better chance to get a home at a better price. And like I said, the stupid headlines on the news, all they do is they just want to terrify. They're not like giving people really, really, accurate information that they need to make super great informed decisions for their financial fit future. Okay, here's some other great news. If you bought a $350,000 home in January of 2021, which $350,000 is the average home price in Minnesota, by the way, uh, obviously not the average home price in California, but in Minnesota and many other parts of the country, $350,000 is a super normal price for a home. So if you bought a $350,000 home in January of twenty twenty. 2021, this year, your potential growth in your household wealth over the next five years solely based on your increased home equity will be $93,629. $93, Let me say that again. If you buy a $350,000 home, this year, in 2021, your potential growth in your household wealth over the next five years, solely based on increased home equity, is nearly $94,000. Does your family or do you personally have the ability to save $94,000 in the next five years? Like, are you, are you dedicated enough to save that kind of money? Like these are absolute conversations that we need to be having with our buyers. That was um, a stat brought to us by home price expectation survey that was put out. It's just like when I look at these numbers and then continue to have conversations with buyers, I'm just reminded that I'm the professional, my clients and my team's clients are looking at us to be the professional, to be really the ones that guide our clients through why buying or selling is important, how it's going to benefit them, how it's going to um, affect their financial portfolio, how it's going to affect generational wealth within their family. And of, as I, if I, as a realtor, am not educating my clients, who's going to do that for them? They're not getting all this information on the news. The news is like doom and gloom. The news is like we're waiting for the sky to fall. So this this is my encouragement to you, Realtor, today, listening to this podcast. You need to start educating yourself. If you aren't going out and hunting down this information regularly, you need to be doing this because your clients are just screaming for the information. They are not might not like actually be asking you for the information, but when they say, we're going to wait this out and we're going to continue to rent and sit on the fence for another year, unless, you know, they're doing that simply because of what they've heard on the news. It's your job to educate them, present them with all the facts and figures, and then let them make that decision. But then they can make it coming from a place of having more information and really, really being able to make educated decisions about their financial future. That's it, people. That's, that's my, uh, this is my encouragement to you today is to dig deep, find the information, have the conversations, be the expert, really set yourself apart in this industry from other realtors that aren't having this conversation with their agents. If you're working open houses, this is a conversation. These are talking points that you should be having when buyers are walking in the door. You should be the person that really stands out and be like, whoa, we've been to five open houses today and everyone said, oh, welcome. Walk around and let me know if you have any questions. And we just walked in here and you've given us like, this huge value worth of information. You need to really set yourself apart and be that agent in the industry because the agents, the, the industry needs you. They do. They, we need more experts. And why not have that be you? Thanks for joining me today. Um, it's not quite as fun doing these episodes without my gal pal Christy to banter with, but I hope you learned something. I hope you got a good takeaway, a few little nuggets and takeaways. I hope that having this conversation or listening to this conversation, you're like, I'm going to go out and I'm going to hunt down information. If you're not in Minnesota, go hunt down stuff, you know, information that's specific to your area. Hyper local information makes you look like an expert. It's all there. It's all within your MLS, your board. You've got someone that has all that, the stats and info reach out to us. Like Christy and I would love to help provide any information that we can, that will help make you look more of an, like more of an expert. Um, this is what we do. This is what we love. We love helping people. I love helping clients. I love helping other realtors. And if I can help make you look like a rock star with your clients, then I had a good day. So thank you for joining this episode. I hope you learned something. I hope you have some great takeaways. And I hope that this will just be that little prod or nudge to get you to be more of an expert in your industry. So until next time, bus bench babes, keep being the badass boss babes that you are. And please, for God's sake, keep your face off a bus bench. Okay, girls, are you feeling as inspired as we are? We're over here cheering you on because you just finished another episode of the Girl, Get Your Face Off a Bus Bench podcast. If you want more, head over to girlgetyourfaceoffabusbench.com of for show notes and more episodes. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star review. They mean the world to us, and they're what keep us going. Girl, thanks for being here.